Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cult Faves, a podcast about cults. I'm Cher Martinetti. And I'm Gwenda Bond. And I'm drinking canned wine. (laughs) (laughs) I am drinking a very small glass of wine because I have to write more once we finish. (laughs) This is my happy hour is working on the podcast today. I have to say, uh, this canned wine, I'm a total fan of it. I got it at um, at Whole Foods. And it's very, it's called Pampalone. I don't know. It's very fancy sounding. I'm a big fan of all the, I'm a big fan of all the canned wines. This is a trend that I like. I do too. And it's very refreshing. It's very tasty. This one has um, Italian bitters, blood orange, and... Ogreet of almond, delicately delicately folded into fine French wine, which is supposed to make it sound better that I'm like drinking wine out of a can. But I mean, you know, no shame. Don't you don't need to class it up. Can of wine text. Uh, I have two dogs that are going a little because now that I'm doing something, they're like all over me. They've been sleeping all day and now they're all up in my shit. Um, (laughs) Hi, Grover. He's trying to climb up and be part Grover of the episode. Wa- Grover wants to be on the podcast. He does. Also, Rocco's trying to hump him right now. Stop <laughs> Yeah. It's, uh, I'm waiting for this phase of his to stop because it's like he does this whenever a new dog is around. Oh, like, sure. He's still getting used right. to him. And I'm like waiting. Like it's been a week. So I'm just waiting until he like decides like, all right, I'm, I'm over it. Like, cause there's nothing about Grover that's like trying to challenge him as like the alpha. No, it's just a thing. Yeah. It's Puck, Puck does the same thing. Yeah. And uh, it's like, what are you doing? Like you're 13 years old, like calm down, chill out. <laughs> so uh, if you guys haven't listened to our second episode, uh, which I believe is called, could it be Satan? Um, it which was all about the incredible fear around a cult that wasn't in the 1980s known as the satanic panic. Um, you should listen to that. I mean, you don't have to listen to it first before this one, obviously. You can listen to this one, and then you can go enjoy that one for the context that we're not going to talk about today. Um, so I had a bunch of leftover research. Like, when we were doing that episode, I kept saying, like, we really need to do a whole thing just on the Church of Satan. Mm-hmm. And so I had, like, three pages of notes, and that was very attractive to me as I started uh, today and I'm trying to finish a book. And so I was like, I'll do this. And I ask people for their stories about Satanist stuff, which you can still tweet or send me if they're really good. I will use them in the future episode that's going to be about that. Basically, she's never going (laughs) to stop talking about Satan. Never going to stop talking about Satan. There's so much. But seriously, there are some great stuff, including, uh, as I was telling Cher, I discovered Anton LaVey's salad dressing test in which he uses... Uh, to characterize what sort of sexual energy you have, feminine or masculine. That's and, kind of <laughs> fucking amazing, and I want to take I that test. I mean, we are going to talk about the test. So my next like, episode will be that. Can you take it, though? Is it online to be taken? No, it is oh, a from a book, and uh, it is hilarious. I would take that test. That's That, <laughs> that you shits take the, over all over any you, BuzzFeed quiz. You, you take the test every time you order a salad dressing, whether you know it or not. Amazing. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. So, you know, I, but so you've got that to look forward to. But so I thought I would, um, by the end of the episode, I thought, well, we'll make sure people know the difference between the Church of Satan and the Satanic, Satanic, Satanic Temple, the Satanic Temple, TST for short, um, which we have talked about also on the show. Um, 
And uh, so I started looking and I just kept finding more and more about the Satanic Temple and they have a lot going on right now. So this episode's going to be about them. Um, but you will still know the difference between the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple by the end of this episode. Um, and also that they like to throw shade at each other. Like, big time. I knew that. I knew that Anton was he, not really happy about the church. Well, of they Satan, were dead. Well, he was vice dead. Versa. Vice versa. He was right. dead. He was dead by the time this was founded. Actually, Anton LaVey, and we'll talk more about. Oh, no, wait, uh, what was I talking about? Not, not An- Anton LaVey. Sorry. The, the Satanic Temple. Yeah, Lucian, the Satanic Temple. I knew that they. So Lucian. And the Church of Satan were not. No, they're not. Friends. And, and Lucian, but Lucian Greaves, um, the guy who we will talk a lot about, who is the de facto head of the Satanic Temple, actually, um, you know, did uh, chapter headings for a book that Anton LaVey did the introduction for and was very into occult stuff and kind of uh, hanger on a little bit around the Satanic Church of Satan community before um, he sort of formed this offshoot. So <laughs> we'll we'll find out all about that. It's like the real so, housewives of Satan. It's amazing. Oh, it really is. It actually so reminds good. me it actually reminds me a lot of these two meteorologists in our local weather community that we used to have <laughs> who uh-huh. hated each other and they were always like taking like sort of vague swipes at one another in blog posts and when they do their forecasts and all of the advertising. Wait, they were shading each other in their oh, forecasts. Absolutely. That's like fantastic. you know like basically like unlike some other, you know, like T V stations, we like to, you know, keep it calm um and they would be like constantly competing about the difference between their meteorological equipment that's so, so to funny. speak <laughs> so that's this like, is that it really did make me think of that um because they they really do like sort of just kind of i mean it's almost like flirting but hate flirting like yeah. back and forth they have to have hate sex <laughs> and they do <laughs> um all right so satanic temple are relative newcomers to the Satanism scene. Um, unlike the Church of Satan, which was founded back in 1966, they were founded in 2012. So they have not been around long at all, which is another reason why I thought, well, there won't be that much about these guys. But boy, was I wrong. Um, so Malcolm Jerry and spokesman and de facto leader Lucian Greaves and possibly a third party who's never been really identified were the founders. Uh, both of those names are pseudonyms, by the way. Um, and that didn't actually, I kind of went into this thinking the temple of the satanic temple is awesome. They're doing a lot of cool stuff and we will talk about that because they are, but it turns out that there are, there are some elements that are kind of pinging by culty radar a little bit, um, where Lucian Greaves comes, uh, comes into things. So the fact that he immediately gave himself a new name, which totally sounds like a goth, like sort of dream. Yeah. Um, or like, and, Yeah. Or like the villain in like an eighties like absolutely movie. yeah or totally. like uh, the interview with the vampire Lucian Greaves yeah. at your service. What was his real name? His real name was it like uh, Bill? Well, well, no, and and it's out there. Um, actually, let me look it up. It's not Roger. It's not Bill, but it is. I want it to be like the most normcore name ever. It's pretty normcore. This is far down in my notes. Doug. <laughs> Douglas, he was born Douglas Masico, but his also he's also known by Douglas Messner. Um, and Douglas Messner was the name most people knew him by, and he got outed within like a year that Douglas Messner was his real name. And so 
uh, he kind of uses both interchangeably, and he claims it's because of death threats, and we'll get into that. But, I don't know. It sounds like a grifter to me, but go ahead. Uh, he, uh, my grifter radar is definitely pinging. Um, so at any rate, as a kid, he was super into the um, occult, and <laughs> he remembered um, the Satanic Panic. He kind of grew up in that shadow, and that was where his interest came from. And he uh, went to Harvard. Um, and then after Harvard, he ends up helping found this organization. And uh, they have 15 chapters in the U.S. and one in Canada. At least that's what NPR said earlier this week. But it may not be entirely up to date, as we will discuss, because chapters are dropping like flies. Um, they have 85,000 likes on Facebook. And a lot of people invested in their sort of culture and the things that they do and they do a lot of protest actions that they raise money for. And so even though we don't know what their membership number is, um, we could say that they are big. I would say probably they have as many or more people active as the church of Satan ever had, you know, they've been very successful at recruiting people. And I think it's because they were very open about being founded as a way to put forth an overtly political agenda. I mean, that's why most of us have heard about them. Right. Um, they- you know what's interesting to me? I'm just going to like really <laughs> yeah. quickly jump yeah, yeah. in. It's interesting to me that you don't see celebrities coming out as like members of the Church of Satan or the Satanic Temple. Well, there were some in the Church of Satan. Um, Anton LaVey loved Hollywood. And even though he would lie about Hollywood people he had been with, there were there were celebrities that that really? were in his orbit. Oh, yeah. We'll talk. It, you're okay, going to get go a on. lot of Hollywood stuff when we get into that. <sighs> That's my favorite part of any cult oh, story. Well, I gotta be honest. Uh, there's a ton. So, um, I mean, you know, although these aren't like really cults. And, you know, as we'll talk about their beliefs and we've talked about the Church of Satan's beliefs already. But they do. Are They are extreme beliefs in a way. Um, and they certainly have a cult personality around them. Um, so here's a quote from the FAC uh, on their own website from the, um, the Satanic Temple that more or less gets at the gist of what they're doing. We embrace blasphemy as a legitimate expression of personal independence from counterproductive traditional norms. And so inured is the general public to the idea that there is only one monolithic voice of the religious agenda that any attempt at a counterbalance is often viewed as necessarily a mere targeted provocation against those who enjoy an unquestioned tacit assertion of the soul squatters rights in the religious political dialogue. I got to be honest, all those big fancy words. I know a little MRA ish to me. I just want to say that, but go on. Uh, You're, you're like picking up on all (laughs) the things that I picked up on, but basically they're, they're using satanic aesthetics to point out hypocrisy or problems that come up when the separation of church and state are violated. Right. I can get Um, behind that. Yeah. On a very surface level. Yeah. And they have a lot, they have done a lot of kind of circusy actions. Um, And you may remember from our earlier episode that they have taken on some worthy causes, including protesting the installation of Ten Commandments monuments by lobbying for equal speech rights for the Satanic Temple, namely the right to install a seven and a half foot tall statue of Baphomet, a goat headed winged figure um, that they had constructed during their first fight for this in Oklahoma. Amazing. And (laughs) it is actually a really cool statue. And, um, the ACLU ended up suing over that particular Ten Commandments monument and won. And so Baphomet got put into storage. 
And uh, Baphomet has been in storage until this past week um, when they held a rally at Arkansas over a similar monument there. Um, And so the state legislature and the Satanic Temple have been fighting for a while. Like basically the Satanic Temple sort of turned its sights to Arkansas as soon as the Oklahoma stuff was over. Um, And they raised $20,000 online um, in almost no time um, to transport this giant statue i love to- that the baphomet <laughs> statue is like the big blow-up rats that like the I unions know. put I in know. front of the buildings in new york city when it's a non-union building like that's fucking amazing to me go on i love that and i wish i wish it was that actually because then they wouldn't have to raise all this money every time they need to move it somewhere <laughs> um you know because they have to like get forklifts and like yeah. hire a truck because well, they so start making heavy. a blow-up version like they stole my yeah. idea so i want like <laughs> credit for that maybe you should start your own satanic temple um shares shares satanic temple it only sells it only specializes in blow up goat statues (laughs) blow up baphomet that's it blow up your party needs (laughs) so they basically passed a bill in little rock um that said that you had to have legislative sponsorship to place a monument so that they would not be able to place it and so they've they've been fighting they're still fighting um, the ACLU is fighting them having this Ten Commandments monument. Um, and, you know, that, those pretty much never get to stay. Um, but so they're, they're in Arkansas and in the news a lot this week. And that was what made me think of them in the first place. The interesting thing is there's also another huge controversy about them being covered in the news that is mentioned not at all in a single mainstream news story I looked at from NPR, Washington Post, anywhere about the statue stuff. So that's kind of interesting. They obviously are very good at controlling their narrative, or at least have been um, up until recently. So, or is it that nobody gives a shit enough because there's so much other oh, stuff happening? Well, there's al- well, there's already been so. No, I mean like, but but they're getting covered, like they're just being covered separately, right? Uh, here, all right. The I controversies are being covered, but they're not being connected when their positive things are being covered. So, I mean, there's a little bit of like media needs to mention like, Oh, Hey, they're in great embroiled in some controversy, I think. Cause otherwise you're just kind of advertising a cause um, that, you know, people may not find out about that part until it's too late. But at any rate, um, I don't understand why the temple still has a fundraising link about Arkansas on the front of its website. Um, so that was another, that was another question I had, like uh, because they raised the money and they moved the statue, but you can still donate to that. Um, let's see. Oh, my favorite quote from the Republican state senator in Arkansas who um, sponsored the bill. His quote was, um, "It will be a very cold day in hell before an offensive statue will be forced on us to be permanently erected on the grounds of the Arkansas State Capitol." I mean, bonus points for cold day in hell, like you know. <laughs> but come on, um, you know, state legislatures really are not going to have the last word here. Obviously, Supreme Court is, but hell, who knows what they're going to be saying in a few years? So I guess if they keep throwing these up, maybe we'll all be wandering around with tattoos of the Ten Commandments. Um, isn't that a day to think of? So Baphomet is back in storage. Baphomet was only out for like three hours. <laughs> three hours earlier this week. And um, that's just like one of the protest kind of movements that they've done. They did a Los Angeles Black Mass a week before Trump's inauguration, which they advertise as the biggest Black Mass ever. Uh, they did a Pink Mass 
where some uh, where they did um, some LGBTQ people gathered over the grave of the wife of Westboro Baptist founder, and they did get it's kind legal. of fucking brilliant. I gotta they be did, honest with you. They did get in some legal trouble for that, as you do. Um, but it is it is it definitely has a sense of humor. They have done a ton of Planned Parenthood counter protests in Detroit. Um, on one occasion, they wore baby-themed fetish and bondage clothing, like diapers and such, <laughs> to make the point about the fetishization of fetuses. So, I like that. They've actually done a ton of pro-choice work. Um, they have something called the Gray Faction that attempts to protest groups still using all that discredited stuff from the satanic panic that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some after school program initiatives that they've been trying to get in place uh, and some anti prayer in school efforts. Um, I mean, they've, they've done it. They actually for to have only been around for uh, such a little time. They've only done, they've done some pretty interesting stuff. Um, they have done like things like uh, show up to do a satanic prayer at um, like city council meeting or something where people pray pray before. So mm. that was their main thing. Um, so what do they actually believe? Right, it's a lot like the Church of Satan in in the beginning, but a li- I think a little more even like principles we could all get behind actually, which I think is one of the things that's allowed them to be so successful and attracted so many people to this. Um, they subscribe to the Satanist literary symbol figure school of thinking. Um, and their mission statement is to encourage benevolence and empathy among all people, reject tyrannical authority, advocate practical common sense and justice, and be directed by the human conscious to undertake noble pursuits guided by the individual. Well, now I will say the wording of this absolutely pinged my Keith Rainier radar a little bit. I mean, it does sound like something that, we could all get behind. Um, and there are some specifics in here that I like, but it still has a little bit of that. Like, we're going to tell you what's good for everyone. <laughs> Even the, while you're saying you're not, you know, we're, we're going to fight tyranny or whatever. There's seven fundamental tenets that they have, which are also, I think good. One should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. Um, the struggle for justice is ongoing and necessary. It should prevail over laws and institutions. One's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. This is possibly the core of some of their issues of late. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own freedoms. Beliefs should conform to our best understanding of the world. We should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit our beliefs. People are fallible. If we make a mistake, we should do our best to rectify it and remediate any harm that may have been caused. Another one that doesn't necessarily seem to be practiced by leadership, as we'll discuss. Uh, Every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. So that is their what we believe, right? They don't believe in actual Satan, um, obviously. Right. They're kind of atheists. They believe in social justice. Good stuff. Right. Right? On its surface. On its surface. And they certainly have done, I mean, I think most of the stuff that they've done, you know, while some of it has been controversial, has been in keeping with that mission. Um, 
<laughs> here's where we get into the burn book portion. Um, the Church of Satan has a satanic temple fact sheet where they basically are like, Lucian Greaves is a grifter. <laughs> um, they like to point, they like to call him Masico, aka Messner, Lucian Greaves with scare quotes around all of them, all of his names. Um, and they basically are pissed off that the they see the satanic temple as using very close uh, trademarks and things and like to their marketing and branding that they filed off just enough of the serial numbers that the church of Satan feels like people could get confused that it's basically like sort of the intention. They can't claim it's unintentional, but you're basically borrowing our brand or whatever, which is kind of hilarious um, that you have these like, who is the Supreme satanic group? Um, And of course, the Satanic Temple and Lucian Greaves in particular, who like clap back big time on this fact sheet when they put it up on his own site on uh, his Messner.com domain, interestingly enough. <laughs> uh, and he also has a Patreon where he issues a lot of statements, a personal Patreon where he issues a lot of statements. So you're paying for his statements? I mean, I don't know if they're behind the patron wall, but he definitely uh, has a patron Patreon that's for Lucian Greaves, not for the Satanic Temple. Interesting. Go Which on. I did find interesting. I found that interesting. Um, so basically, it's often re- people are often reference them, you know, as each other in the media. I mean, we've done it. I think on this show, both of us. Like, it's very yeah. easy. It's very easy to get them confused. So I do think the Church of Satan has a point. Um, and you know, whatever. Yeah, and they also make the point that they do consider they're a re- they're a recognized religion, right? Like right. a globally recognized religion, even though they're atheists. Um, but they and they also seem to believe that this is uh, was all for a, like a parody film, like that weird Joaquin Phoenix. Um, what well, remember that video? Wait, where, how did you say that, his name? I don't know. How am I supposed to say it? I know. I know. I don't know. How did you say it? Can you say it again? Joaquin. Is that how you say it? I don't know. That's how I've always said it. Now I like wonder. Okay, go on. But you remember what I'm talking about, right? Where he was like yes. pretending to be in character for yeah. like a year or right. some shit. Well, they think that this all started as like to do a parody, basically documentary. Um, Sweet. The Church of Satan thinks that the Satanic Temple started as a parody documentary they think it was started as a by a film company and they have some evidence to back that up and like casting directors and oh yeah um and this is all in their fact sheet about um about the satanic temple and basically greaves response has beyond like the you have personally besmirched me or whatever has sort of been we were going to make a documentary at the beginning and we're still filming everything, but we don't really know what we're going to do. And obviously the mission has grown beyond like any film project that we huh. had in mind. That sounds a little shady. I mean, it's sort of, but on the other hand, they've always been upfront about the fact that they wanted to basically be like these kind of like, you know, uh, mischief making spoilers and all these debates and stuff. Um, so it kind of, sort of is in sort of in keeping with what they've, said of themselves um but it is very interesting that there's all these like kind of deep cut digs going on (laughs) so at any rate um there's like basically a battle of the facts is what i would call it a battle of the faqs like if you look at their faqs both of Mm -hmm. them like go out of their way to like it's like shade each other yeah 
Um, that's how that's how we'll conduct uh, wars in the future via FAQ. I mean, we already do <laughs> like pretty much with Twitter. So, well, Twitter is it. It's funny you should mention Twitter because that's <laughs> where we're about to go. Oh, fantastic! Basically, they are not without pissing match controversy um, that they haven't intentionally created. So. F- on, back on the real name thing for a sec. It only took a year for Lucian Greaves' real names to come to light. Um, this guy named Shane Bugby at Vice had known him for a year, interviewed him for Vice, and had known him for years originally as the bright young guy interested in the occult, Doug Misner. Mm-hmm. And Shane Bugby actually did the very last interview with Anton LaVey that he gave while he was alive. Um, and I will be featuring some very weird bits of that interview in a future conversation where they, among other things, imply that Jack London, the writer, was a cannibal. But at any rate. (laughs) Uh, Wait, the dude from Vice also thinks that? Or just Anton Um, LaVey thinks that? Well, he basically asked, so the guy from Vice, I mean, I don't know if he works at Vice, I think he was a publisher who just did like a freelance piece for them. But he's been, he's a priest of Satan, of the Church of Satan, was an honorary priest of the Church of Satan. So he's been around and published books in this world. And um, he basically asked, like you say in your introduction for this book, you know, you imply that Jack London had, you know, all these kind of shady dealings. Like, do you think that he was a can? Did he ever engage in cannibalism? And um, and Anton LaVey is like, probably, you know, I've had long pig twice myself. <laughs> so, I mean, it's interesting because now I just Googled Shane Bugby. Uh-huh. He's w- deep in this community. Yeah. He also sounds like a pretty shitty human being. Oh, uh, absolutely. Apparently he <laughs> issued a CD recording of Dana Plato's last, her dying breath. What? Oh, I missed that. But yeah. Yeah. So the, he, look, you look at, if you look up the interview that the Vice interview, there's all these pictures of um, this Bugby guy and the guy now known as Lucian Graves and Lucian Graves looks like a frat boy occultist. Like, I mean, it actually made me take them so much less seriously, even though he's aged a lot in like the six years or whatever since, like he looks like just this scrawny kid, um, with probably like issues like other people we've discussed, you know, like kind of, the nerd who wants to be at the top of some kind of pyramid and is smarter than everybody around him. He thinks, right? So here's the real problem that we get here. Which we get to the real recent problems. So there is a decision that many people in the satanic temple aren't happy with. Uh, and I think we all will understand why. And it is his decision to atti- hire an attorney named Mark Randazza, uh, I assume I'm saying that right, who has defended Alex Jones and the effing Daily Stormer. Um, in a, and he's uh, taken this guy pro bono, even though they raised money for his defense at one point on the website. He claims none of it will be going to this guy. Um, this guy has tons of alt-right clients. Um, he basically is, this is a lawsuit against Twitter claiming religious discrimination um, Greaves isn't verified, which seems to be one of the things that pisses him off. But of course he's not verified. He's using a fucking fake name. <laughs> like, I'm not, I would never be the one to defend Twitter in its terms of service, but everyone knows how verification works. Like, 
you're not going to get verified, even if you're the head of the church, of, uh, if you're the head of the satanic temple. Right. Unless you could send in a driver's license with your name on it. Um, so at any rate, this all started. So uh, Anna Marlin of Jezebel did an in-depth look at this uh, early in August, which is a real must read. And it basically characterizes this as 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 kicking off a civil war um, in the satanic temple community. So here's what actually happened. You're going to, you're going to love this. So, and there's also a Vox piece by Tara Isabella Burton that I highly recommend. So this all began in January when Corey Feldman, (laughs) one of the Corey's. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I'm like waiting for to see where this goes. Go on. (laughs) Okay. So Corey Feldman, who, as we all know, went crazy in his claim that like demonic forces. Yeah, I know. Have influenced him. Um, retweeted a user called Lori Gatta one who was basically calling for the satanic temple headquarters to be burned down. Um, her tweet, which doesn't exist anymore. She deleted it. Read. I doubt nothing anymore. I have them in Salem. M a opened a satanic church last year. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. The witches are evil and Satanists and cults are very real. W, a church like this should not exist. Burn it. Blame Hillary. I don't care. It's got to go. If anyone likes this idea, they are F-K-E-D. So (laughs) when Corey Feldman retweeted this and broadcast it to whoever follows Corey Feldman, I mean, actually, that's a question that I have now is how many followers does Corey Feldman have and how deeply disappointed will I be at the size of that number? Um retweeted it and Lucian Greaves retweeted it and asked his followers to report the original tweet as harassment. Instead, Twitter suspended him for seven days, much as they've recently done with Alex Jones. We don't really understand why. I mean, it was stupid, but who knows why Twitter does anything. So basically he decided that the satanic temple needed to sue Twitter for religious discrimination over this. And that's what they're doing. And this guy is representing them. And, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people, I mean, you've started an organization that's drawn people who are so social justice, um, focused people who want to fight for rights. And you suddenly are in bed with somebody that's fighting for the rights of Nazis. Like Corey Feldman is verified, by the way, he has 155,000 followers. Well, that's not, that's not that many. It's more than we have. (laughs) Well, yeah, but we're not, we, we were not we in are not a, of the Hollywood quarry. We were not saying. in a spate of movies with our, with our, um, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but I, I think th- a lot I, of like, I like no one gives it, no one cares what Corey Feldman's doing. I mean, obviously, uh, Lucian Greaves does. Um, well, <laughs> I looked up Shane Bugby while you were telling the story. Uh huh. And I found his website with a blog post. Oh, God. That explains his relationship to the Satanic Temple. Oh, really? Yeah. So, according with him, according to him, he, first he knew, he knew LaVey. LaVey, uh, he was the last person Anton LaVey ordained as a minister of the Church of Satan. Yep. Shane Bugby was. And since he was, you know, he, he felt that that was like an honor because he was a big metalhead. He's, mm-hmm. you know, a very vocal atheist and he's an artist and his mentality or his um, 
perception of the Church of Satan at that time was that they were a, a, like a mix of kind of like an artist community that was also socially active like they were involved in social justice much like he said the he compares them to the yippies um to the american indian movement which i think is insulting or the black panthers of the same era so i guess he's comparing it in the sense that they were all about uh a movement and they were behind a social justice i guess i don't really get what that comparison because he kind (laughs) of uses he has All a over the place. Of, well, he has a habit of using like twelve words when mm-hmm. two, or like twenty-seven words when two will do. Um, so apparently, this company called Spectacle Films is the production company behind the Satanic Temple. Yes, yeah, and they hired Bugby to be a consultant, and they paid him, and he basically laid the marketing groundwork for much of what. The Satanic Temple is today. Initially, he was offered to become this character, Lucian Greaves. Yes. This is what the Church of Satan says. Right. And he turned it down. And then someone else was hired to become Lucian Greaves and some actor. And that didn't work out. And then that's when his old friend, Doug Mesner, who he knew from back in the day because they had worked together. Mm hmm stepped in and became Lucian Greaves. So at that point, what was supposed to initially be a practical joke became like an actual thing because Doug and Shane had a relationship. They Mm -hmm. were friends. They worked together in other capacities. And Shane was very much involved in the Church of Satan and his beliefs and whatnot formed how Doug approached this new role and this new part of his life. And apparently Doug had made, I'm sorry, Shane had made a film called Club Satan. Uh-huh. The Witch's Sabbath. And that the and the Satanic Temple started using clips from that for their advertisements to make it as appear as though he's Shane was part of their organization. And Shane wants nothing to do with them. It's very interesting. Like I'm I really do recommend like this this actually like this is even more intriguing because as I said, like basically he managed the coming out of Lucian Greaves slash Messner as, you know, this is me with my fake name. This is how we knew each other. I mean, he knew him since he was a kid. Right. And so so you can see all these pictures of them palling around together and goofing yeah. off. And um it's interesting. So here's what Shane says about the Satanic Temple. He says he's very skeptical of, and I don't know, there's no date on this, or maybe I missed the date, that he's skeptical of it, their motives, and its owners. Two of the three people behind the Satanic Temple have never been associated with Satanism or any occult group, nor do they appear to have any substantial achievements that can be credited with anything but buying their way in with their family money. Spectacle Films is owned by somebody named Kevin or Seven. I don't know how he pronounces it. It's with a C. Mm. Soling, Harvard graduate, director, producer, and the person pulling and paying the strings at the Satanic Temple. Rich Kid number two is David Goonan, a producer, director, and creative director at Arise Media, and Doug Mesner, who is also a Harvard graduate who studied cognitive science. And it's basically, you know, psychology, philosophy, and linguistics, the whole nine. So Doug is 
a member, a card-carrying member of the Church of Satan. Yet he uses the name Lucian Greaves when he's publicly speaking about Satanism. So the reason why he feels that it's basically a practical joke turned to a religion and could be cult. Mm-hmm. So he even thinks it's a cult. I mean, come on. Yeah. So he, let's see, let's try to, blah, 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 blah. Doug is afforded to take a cognitive science degree and started a collegiate debate. He feels satisfied he can win time and again. So let's see what he thinks. But yeah, he goes, uh, Harvard <laughs> turns out these great debate artists, they can talk their way into any position of power without having to ever mean what is said, because of course, they can also talk their way out of anything they have said. It's all open and interpretation, open to interpretation. It's all relative. Maybe Doug Mesner, aka Lucian Greaves, is satanic white Obama. He sure sounded to sound that way to me. Okay. So okay. For where- so this guy's a nutty right winger too? That, no, that, I think that, he's just a get. I, a, well, no, because it sounds like he, he's anti-Christian. He's anti all that stuff too. He might just be like an anarchist. Which, if you are, you don't believe in government as it is, you're not going to like Obama either. So, all right. Well, I I feel like all these people are shady as fuck. Um, and so you know, okay, so, so Doug said his main motivation to he told Shane his main motivation for the Satanic Temple was profit to create a substantial income. And that was enough for Doug to not want to have anything to do with it anymore. And yet, and yet, Bugby does this flattering piece where he's like, you're not trying to start a cult with this. And the guy's like, of course well, not. Well, this post that I'm reading right now is post, he mentions that piece. Okay. So this was written after that. So but I'm trying to see where, because he keeps on saying cult, and I'm trying to see where. Well, so this may be it. So Go on. Je- Jezebel makes the point in their piece um, which is probably the most in-depth piece that's been done on this organization so far by a legitimate media outlet, right? That doesn't have like sort of ties to satanic groups because a lot of the, there or is an occult they? media. Okay. And I mean, like there's a what there's a, there's a whole like, occult, I mean, like anything, there's a cult media. There's like groups of websites that cover this shit, you know, and it's all people with ties to it like this shame bug, bugbear guy or bugby. Um, you know, who occasionally well, writes for... he's an for, artist. He doesn't consider himself media. He's Right, but he occasionally artist. writes for media outlets. I mean, he may be an artist, but, if, you know, I mean, he's done pieces for various magazines. I mean, he writes, quote-unquote, nonfiction. You know, lots of these, like lots of these guys do. So that is another role they fill, whether they see... I mean, I'm an artist, too, but when I'm interviewing somebody for the Los Angeles Times, it counts as journalism, you know? I mean, anyway, so basically their point is, you know, as we've discussed, Mm -hmm. the TST movement started as kind of a jokey political rabble rousing money making scheme. Like these guys want to make a movie or whatever, but then it got much, much bigger than they expected. And so it's disagreements and the criticism of the HQ and Salem have grown also because obviously they didn't have a plan to run an actual huge movement. Um, so we have this guy who claimed he was spokesperson for an anti-cult, you know, which is, again, that's one of our taxonomy things, really, or it should be, when people say, like, oh, no, we're the opposite of a cult. Um, when you are having to what say... Is that what is that quote from <laughs> Shakespeare? Me thinks thou <laughs> protest too, too much. much. Exactly. I mean, when you are put in a position where you have to say you're not like a cult, you're like a cult. <laughs> so... Basically, he already knew it was going to go to this place because this guy is obviously a media attention whore. 
I mean, you can see that. Like, just look at how his headshots have evolved. Like, go back and look at, like, the early pictures of him and then look at now. Like, he really is using kind of Anton LaVey. He's sort of updating Anton LaVey's shtick for a whole new kind of secular society. And he's been very successful at it so far. But he's basically, you know, he's developing an organization into a cult of personality to fight his own battles and get himself in the media and become a spokesperson on all this stuff. So, um, you know, so you've got this lawsuit going on. Um, and the, the, the people who signed on the TST chapter heads, um, who have to give 90% of any profit they make or fundraisers to local for events to the national organization, the Los Angeles chat. So they're not happy. The Los Angeles chapter disassociated from the group over this. Um, the co-head of the New York chapter has resigned over it, um, over the use of this attorney. The Portland, Satanic Portland group announced that they're withdrawing just a couple weeks ago from the Satanic Temple because they cited actions by members of the executive ministries as allying our, that they would not be allying ourselves with or fundraising for those condoning the beliefs of neo-Nazis or their sympathizers by giving them a platform. Um, so the thing is, like, the Satanic Temple chapters, for the most part, at least the big ones, seem to be, like, exactly what everyone would want this group to be, right? And they're starting to figure out, oh, this isn't actually what we're part of. And so they're stepping back. Another fascinating thing from the Jezebel piece, um, I'll just quote that this Ali de Pasquale was one of the two chapter heads of Los Angeles, um, and she said all there were only 30 people in the chapter, but they all voted unanimously to leave. Um, and they basically said it went from where all the chapters were very autonomous, but worked in a larger network to this national council and executive ministry who pretty much appointed themselves. And they're largely white and male and they're making all the decisions. And so, you know, again, this is very much like what we've seen with some of the cults we've looked at, right? Where they start out doing one thing, telling people they're going to be free to express their beliefs, and then all of a sudden start putting a bunch of restrictions on it. It's very shady. Um, He, of course, they did actually manage to get him to interview with them over uh, email. Apparently, they said it took place over 24 hours. So he clearly was spinning as fast as he could spin. You know, I mean... You're a journalist. You know, when people are kind of like in the crossfire. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, it's amazing (laughs) to like, if only, if only these people that would start cults or religious (laughs) organizations would use their power of marketing genius for good. We're not assholes, but you know, there you go. Um, So his explanation for why he's not bothered by this Rondazzo or whatever is that he thinks of lawyers differently than other people. They're a tool and he doesn't care, you know, what he believes. Um, And also, so this is the other thing that's the rub here. I mean, at what point does a leader become a dictator? I mean, this is very similar to what you talked about with Hillsong last week, where you've got a church that openly disapproves of gay people and then a bunch of celebrities associating with it. And it's like, what does that mean? And so if you bring in a bunch of social justice believers who have progressive ideals and all of a sudden start saying that you're okay with somebody helping out Nazis in this environment, that's not going to go over well, you know what I mean? Like, and nor should it. Um, But this guy really believes, and it is there in their seven comments or whatever, he's a Milo defender. He believes in free speech with no restrictions whatsoever. 
um, which is obviously a big a big debate that's going on all over right now. But, you know, if you're the head of an organization, you kind of have to listen to the people in that organization or you are a cult leader, right? Yeah. Um, and also, so another thing that's developing is there's a lady named Jex Blackmore, um, who was a former national spokesperson for them who left. She was the founder and former head of the Detroit chapter. And she posted a statement last week on me or a couple weeks ago on medium um, where she accused the TST of failing to create an inclusive space for women and people of color and other marginalized identities. And basically said that even though they claim to be champions for women's rights and have taken on all these issues, they have not really, um, you know, despite the fact they're relying on the work of a lot of women that they haven't really. Wait a second. Are you telling me? <laughs> I know. Are you telling me a bunch of men are relying on the work of women, but are not doing anything to actually help women? Oh, well, she even said, well, so they are outwardly, but not within the organization. Jacuse. No, is and, that it? Yeah. Is that what I want to say? <laughs> yeah. Jacuse. She basically says that, you know, obviously they are, it's a racist, sexist culture in the organization. And of course they push no back on that. fucking Here, way. Here's my, no, no, no. Here's my favorite thing. What was his tactic in response to this? How did Greaves respond? He provided a list of women still in the TST who could who could speak for his bona fides. It's like his binders full of women. Exactly. And I mean, that's exactly the same thing we've seen with the Me Too, right? Like, here, let me give you a list of women who will tell you what a great guy I am. It's like, fuck you. So there's that. And then one oh, last thing on mad. the news. And then I would love to hear what you think about all this. Um, so the Satanic Temple of London also just voted to separate and are now called the Satanic Temple International. Um, and their quote, there was part of the guy's quote about this that I loved, which was, but if freedom is the consequence of rebellion, then that's a legacy Satanic Temple International is happy to own. And was basically like, we're like straight out of Milton, get kicked out of heaven for rebelling. Because basically, um, they keep trying to put more oversight onto these chapters and create a hierarchy, which wasn't supposed to exist, and which people who are into like kind of chaotic thinking like Satanism are obviously not going to sign on to. Um, so, you know, I think we have a next generation Anton LaVey in the making who really does want to be a cult leader and who wants political power. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see whether this will actually hurt the Satanic Temple or they'll manage to sort of pull themselves out of this skid and keep going. Um, because, as I said, like the, the, the big media is still reporting on their actions without tying any of this other stuff in. So we'll see. There's a lot more there than I well, thought there would be. <laughs> I, yeah. So I have <laughs> thoughts, as I'm wont to do. <laughs> Um, so like I get like I said in the beginning, like on a surface level, I can get behind this because my right. thing at the end of the day is that I just personally think most organized religions are bullshit. And I'm also personally the type of person that if too many people are saying to do a thing or think a thing or mm -hmm. say a thing, I that instantly turns me away from it. So mm -hmm. I think I'm just contrarian by like nature. It's like a gene that I maybe have, but I just don't trust it. I just don't trust any time anybody is trying to force everyone into this group mentality without allowing you to ask questions about it. But my other thing too, is that like 
per usual, there's always a guy at the top that's trying <laughs> to make money off of and take credit for, mm-hmm. you know, the work of other people. And I think that the people that are, they do call themselves Satanists, do genuinely believe in social justice issues and they are progressive and maybe sometimes skew a little anarchist. Like I think this Sean, this Shane Bugby guy, which I mean, he's just, I couldn't even finish reading that blog post because he went in s- all over the place and he still did not explain what the hell, like he just went on rant. There was no like, okay, here's how this is a cult. He just called it a cult and then kept it moving and that was it. Um, but I, I think that, you know, I think it, it's going to attract some people that do have beliefs that are in a direction that's not, I wouldn't even qualify it as left. Like I think anarchy is, I don't even know what direction that's in, you know, because it's, <laughs> it's like way past libertarian and way past like liberal. It's just fucking extreme. on a whole. Extreme, yeah, extreme it's, and right. And I don't right. trust anything that that's extreme. Yep. But yeah, I mean, this guy, this sounds like this was definitely something that some people initially had one plan for. And then somebody stepped into, you know, ceased his moment and then got power hungry and fame hungry and is now trying to like, you know, become the Tony Robbins of Satanists. Yeah, absolutely. Because Tony Robbins is pretty awful, too. They're all awful. Yeah. And white guys. Sorry. (laughs) At least in charge of things. No more white guys so, in charge of things. Just interesting that, I mean, it's not interesting. I'm not surprised because like, here's the thing, like cause that, that attorney that is defending and disclaimer, what I'm about to say is not making an excuse for or condoning this mentality, but there are people who will look at something and be like, well, as an attorney, if you're de- if you're defending somebody's right to free speech, mm-hmm. whether or not you agree with their ideology is not what he's defending. He's defending their right to exist. Right. Which which I totally like that's where you get into those gray areas. Which oh, yeah. like, that's why stuff like this goes to court. Well, and you know, so it's like it's interesting how I it's almost like it's showing you a snapshot of what this Doug slash Lucius slash whoever he is this moment <laughs> of his mentality where it's it's truly if he was about an ideology if he truly believed in right. the things that he claims to believe in he would not seek out or even accept the help of an attorney that is defending people that are completely representative of the things that the satanic temple is supposed to be against right so that goes to prove that action in and of itself Agreed. i don't think that makes him a right winger i don't think that makes him no. any of that i think it makes him somebody that doesn't have any conviction whatsoever and he is solely doing stuff to become famous and become rich and when you're not listening, right, to, like, the legitimate... I mean, he also is... I mean, it's so interesting. I would love to know how much money he pulls down a year. Well, because the, bl- the blinders that these guys get on, right? Oh, well, you know there's probably going to turn out to be economic malfeasance with how they're they're managing their money or something down the road. I, I mean, I'm just, like, waiting for it um, to happen. I mean, they just haven't but been But, yeah, I'm just curious, long. though, if, like, if this is actually making him rich. Like, is this monetarily worth it for him to then you know to continue doing that's what i'm kind of just interested in well i mean so that's the question right like is he torpedoing his own thing or is this is is creating this executive committee and from his point of view 
you know, the thing is, once these guys insulate themselves with a group of people that won't criticize them um, and start to like not listen when the people in their group are saying like, you're getting it wrong or whatever. Like, even if you're a smart self, your self-preservation instinct should kick in there unless he's thinking, well, I'll get rid of all the troublemakers, right? right. Like this will, they'll just leave over this. Um, and I will not ever admit that I'm wrong about anything, obviously. Um, you know, I mean, he just seems like a very, he seems very much to fit the mode of our, our type that we've identified as, you know, kind of problematic cult leader types. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that the satanic temple itself is a cult actually, because I don't think that it's pretty clear that people are not willing to follow him in lockstep. I don't think that Satanism is lends itself. Yeah. To being Agreed. as to being very like ripe breeding ground for a cult because it's very nature what it's supposed to be is to buck against whatever the status quo is or whatever like Satanists are supposed to question everything, right? Right. Right. So the, so it's interesting to see how this person who has, you know, declared himself the next Anton LaVey is basically he's gone so far the other way that he's now become the very thing that he claims to be against, which is what which happens. is always yes. what happens. That's exactly. always what happens. It's always what happens. And, the and again, always. and again, I would not be at all surprised if we don't find out eventually that he has people around him. He's using or abusing or misusing, manipulating, um, I mean, he has a family, He, or at least he says that he has a family, and that's why he uses the fake name. But come on, we know that that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, and I mean, now it's out there. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a very interesting thing, because I think when, I mean, the thing is, they've been very successful at their PR, because when we looked them up for that first episode um, about the satanic panic, we found their uh, pro-choice actions, and we're like, well, this sounds cool. Um, you know, and like a lot of people won't take the time, you know, so they're probably attracting like kind of young rabble rouser types that are, you know, really attracted to the idea of doing these sort of clever, clever tongue in cheek sorts of actions. Um, and, and I mean, I do think there's a place for that. It's just sad that it has to be tied to this sort of scheme and this guy who is basically seems like a total scamster and really his pictures like you could not make it more clear you're trying to groom yourself into some kind of i mean like i get a $40,000 speaking fee for a th- half hour speech type guy that seems to be his end game to me or commentator on commentator on fox news um you know like who supposedly speaks for the left because he runs the satanic temple or some shit like that i agree well, so those are so. I mean, that's where we stand. Yeah. I want to hear if anybody's out there that is has ever had any dealings with the Satanic Temple or is a Satanist. You know, of course, we always want to hear from you guys. Yeah, and we've got another episode coming up. So if you have stories, like I mean, we're never going to not talk about Satan. Basically, I got one today from somebody who was Anton Lavey's wife's bank teller, which is she was apparently very lovely. <laughs> Well, then there you go. There you go. She was a nice person. And she left, eventually left, and sort of disavowed her entire connection with everything. (laughs) 
really we should do a at some point we really should do an episode on like the women who had to run away from these people who went on because to they do don't, interesting shit. The thing, though, they don't often run away from them some of them so do I don't though think it, yeah i don't think it's gonna be a very long episode but um but yeah we should i i hear you but i wonder how many i feel like more women don't Oh, there's a bunch though, because think about how many wives these guys have. Like some of the other women stick around. Oh well, around, yeah, but they have like multiple some leave, wives. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So it's like the second wife is who you really want to like go see what she's doing and what she has to yeah. say. Plus, I, or ISIS, you know, we still we, yeah, still, we still need to get, to get on. Yeah, we will. We'll get her. I'll I'll email her. But <laughs> until then, um, until yeah, then. tell us what you guys think. And you know, per usual, you can find us at cultfavespodcast.com or on social at cultfaves. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and of course on Patreon, which I know you want to support because we have some really awesome things there that you should check out. And um, yeah. That's it. That's that's it. (laughs) We will talk to you guys next week. 